0: Thank you for joining us at Key Life Fellowship for our Pulpit Ministry Podcast. Each sermon on this podcast is from our 11 a.m. Sunday service. We are glad that you have joined us digitally, but would love to see you in person on Sunday mornings at either 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. Now, let's open God's Word and ask Him to reveal His truths for our lives. Amen. And what a privilege it is again to be able to open the word of God, to hear directly from our Savior, to hear it directly what he is desiring to speak to us today. If you have your Bibles, we are going to go to John chapter 7 and we will be looking at verses 32 through 36 in our time together in the word of God. but I want to kind of put everything into perspective for many of you who might not have been here last week. Last week we see that Jesus continued to boldly address even the skeptics, even the naysayers. He addressed even the unbelievers and He addressed them boldly with His message as to who He truly is. And we know last week we ended in verse 31 in chapter 7 where it says many of them put their faith in Him. We're going to come to a text today where the religious people are going to be upset and they feel threatened because many people are questioning their authority and turning to the authority which is being revealed in Christ. In fact, everything is going to begin to escalate and it will escalate all the way up into eventually the call for Jesus' life and His crucifixion on the cross. But things are beginning to really escalate. The... Religious leaders, the Pharisees in this text are going to become so frustrated with Jesus that they're going to command the temple guard to have Jesus arrested. They've tried to seize Him themselves and they failed and they figure, well, we're going to bring in some bigger troops. And so they then are going to call on the temple guard to have Jesus arrested. And so they're quite frustrated at this point in time and Jesus is going to address them. He's going to let them know the urgency of surrender. He's going to tell them, as he's dealing with them in this text, that I'm only going to be with you approximately six more months. Because the time from the tabernacles, the feast of the tabernacles to the Passover where Jesus would then be crucified is approximately six months. And he's going to let them know the urgency of seeing him now while there's still time. The urgency of bowing down to Him now while they still have the opportunity. He's going to speak to them about the urgency of surrendering to Jesus Christ now. This text is also going to serve as a reminder to all of us as well. That there is an urgency to surrendering to Jesus Christ for us in this lifetime. The mere fact that God will only reveal Jesus to people for a period of time. That period of time, He and He alone has decreed. To these men, they have approximately six months before Jesus ascends to the Father after His death, His burial, and His resurrection. To many of you, it may be decades. It could possibly be years. Unfortunately, it could be only months. For days, or even minutes. Because at the longest length of our lives, we live to be a hundred, James still tells us that our life is just a breath. It's a mist. It's here today, and it's gone tomorrow. The older you get, the more you realize how true that is. And so what Jesus is doing and is going to do in this text, He's going to preach surrender with urgency or the fact, that when you hear the voice of God, when it is revealed to you that Jesus truly is the Christ, here He is standing before them. And He's going to tell them, you have but a brief period of time. You're going to miss it. He lets them know that. You're going to see that in this text. My fear for some of you is that though you have just a brief period of time, that perhaps you're in danger of missing it. Jesus preached an urgent message. The urgency of surrender to Christ is seldom preached in our day. Oh, we preach the Gospel as if you have tomorrow or you have the next day or whatever you decide, or whatever it's convenient for you or whatever it's comfortable for you. Whenever you get all the ducks in a row, perhaps you should think about possibly, maybe even contemplate, surrendering to Christ. We're going to see Jesus preached a message of urgency. And the urgency of surrender to Christ, though it is seldom preached today, it is Christ-like preaching in the truest sense. And it is seldom heard in our modern preaching. We're going to see that's not the case with Jesus. John chapter 7, verse 32. It says, The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about Him. What were they saying? Perhaps He is the Christ. Some of them said, Well, I, I think he, he is the Christ. I, I believe he is. Then the chief priest and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him, right? They, they've tried to grab him. They've tried to seize him. Hasn't worked. Not going to work because it wasn't God's appointed time. We're going to see the next few lessons. The temple guard are going to be unsuccessful at their attempt as well. And Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time. And then I go to the one who sent me. You will look for Me, but you will not find Me. And where I am, you cannot come. the Jews said to one another, where does this man intend to go that we cannot find Him? Oh, how arrogant. We'll find Him anywhere He goes. Does He not know who we are? Will He go where our people live scattered among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What did He mean when He said, You will look for Me, but you will not find Me. And where I am, you cannot come. Jesus begins this discourse with an attitude of urgency in surrender. Here they are. They are almost freaked out. They are livid because people are turning to Christ. They are desiring to kill Christ. This is bothering them because they are about to be in their own minds stripped from all of their authority and honor and respect that they have built for themselves for decades, even centuries. And here they're so frustrated that they say, get the temple guard. Have him arrested. We've got to stop this now. And Jesus, as only Jesus can do, begins to preach the message of an urgent surrender. We can learn a lot from this passage, and that's what I want to do today. I want you to learn three things from this passage that hopefully will open your eyes to the truth of what Jesus was teaching here. Three things that we can learn are three reasons for the urgent surrender to Christ. Why must we urgently surrender to Christ? you're taking notes, write the first one down. We see it there in verse 32. In the first part of verse 33, we see this. The opportunity to surrender to Jesus is short. Verse 32, the Pharisees frustrated. They order the temple guard to arrest Him. Jesus begins to preach to them a message of urgency. He says, I am with you for only a short time. I'm with you for only a short time. The opportunity to surrender to Jesus is a short period of time. This is a limited time offer. All of you know what a limited time offer is, right? You've been to those stores where they say back in my day it was Kmart. There was a blue light special. It was a limited time offer. It only lasted for a moment. And you better hurry because when that offer expired, you missed out on your opportunity. Jesus is preaching to them a limited time offer. It is that flash sale on the internet. It is that flash sale on Amazon where you can get this special deal, but you can only get this deal for a limited amount of time. The offer of surrender and the urgency of surrender is a limited time offer. In fact, the word short here in the Greek is mikros. That word mikros is where we get the word micro from. And it is a brief, For a short period of time. For the southerners in the room, it's a little while. A little while. Jesus is saying this. You have your opportunity just for a little while. To these men that He was speaking to, they had six months. A little while. It is a limited time offer. A time frame that God decides That God decides everything. The psalmist says in 139 verse 16, He says, Your eyes saw My unformed body. All the days ordained for Me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God knows and has preordained the exact number of your days. You had no say in that. Just as the same as you have no say in how many opportunities you will hear the Gospel and how many opportunities you will have to respond to the Gospel. Some will have many. Some will only have a few. Some will have decades. Some might have years. Others, only days or hours. But Jesus was teaching the concept of urgent surrender. It is a limited time offer. And it's a time span that only God decides. Oh, many live as if they are in control of that. Don't they? Oh, I'll put it off until it's more convenient. I'll put it off until it seems right. And I tell you this, you are not in control of the number of your days. They have already been predetermined. God knows exactly you are in the dark about this. It's a time frame that God decides, but it's also a time frame that will expire. The time frame and the opportunity that you have to surrender to Christ will expire. We're going to see that these men who Jesus is addressing, obviously their time has expired and He lets them know that. He tells them, you can't come. It's too late for you. You've already rejected me. But for those of you who are here today under the sound of my voice, listen to me, listen to me carefully. It is urgent that you respond to surrendering to Jesus Christ today while there is still time. Because it is a time frame that will expire. Jesus spoke in Luke chapter 13, verse 22. It says this, And Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as He made His way to Jerusalem. And someone asked Him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? And He said to them, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, let us in! Lord, let us in! Surely it's not too late! Knocking and pleading. Please, let us in! Let us in! Jesus said they will stand on the outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But He will answer, I do not know you or where you come from. And then you will say, we ate and drank with you and, you and you taught in our streets. Isn't He there teaching in their streets now? And they are rejecting Him and seeking to destroy Him, to have Him arrested, and eventually to have Him murdered. Oh, the small opportunity, that short, micros piece of time, they are forfeiting it for their own sinful desires and their own unbelief. It says, but He will answer, I do not know you or where you come from. And then you will say, we ate and we drank with you, you taught in our streets, and he will say in verse 27, I do not know you, or where you come from. Away from me, all you evil doers. Away from me, all you evil doers. This is a time frame that will expire, and many will be found knocking at the door. Lord, let us in. Lord, let us in. He will say, depart from Me. I never knew you. Why is it important that we see the urgency of surrendering to Jesus Christ now? Because Isaiah 55, verse 6, Isaiah said to seek the Lord while He may be found. There will come a time where He may not be found. He's speaking of these Jews in this text that we're reading in John right here. There will be a time where He won't be found. Jesus said, you're going to look for Me and you won't be able to find Me. And I'm going where I came from and you won't be able to come there. Why? Because you haven't surrendered to me as Lord and Savior. Isaiah said, Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call on Him while He is near. Call him while He is near. While He is showing you who He is this morning and pointing you to the fact that He is the only way to the Father. He is the only way to forgiveness. He is the only way to eternal life. Call on Him this day before your time expires. And the Jews in the crowd, we know this, as I've already told you, had about six months. And they never surrendered. Save a small remnant. They never surrendered. They will be the ones who were outside of that door knocking. Did, did not we listen to you teach in our street? Did not we see you do those things? Yeah, but I never knew you. You were in your unbelief and you were in your sin and you never surrendered to me as Lord and Savior. The opportunity to surrender to Jesus is a limited time offer. It is short. It is my cross. Even a full life. Even if you live to be 100 or 105. James says that your life is but a vapor. The psalmist said this in Psalm 144, verse 4. He says, man is like a breath. Like a breath, his days are like a fleeting shadow. Even if you have a long life, you still only have a small opportunity in that life to surrender to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's a limited time offer. As we look at the opportunity to surrender to Jesus and the fact that it is short, it is limited in time. And there is a loud and clear warning that is attached to this limited time offer. Remember as I talked to you about the blue light special there at Kmart, the lady would get on the intercom in a loud voice and she would let you know there's a limited time offer. There's a blue light special. Come to the sale now. Perhaps in your time you get that email and it says, there's a sale at the favorite place that you shop at online and if you respond in the next 30 minutes, you can get this deal at this price. And if you miss it, it's gone. was a loud and clear warning in fact Jesus hit the scene with a loud and clear warning he said repent for the kingdom of heaven is near Matthew 4:17 he said unless you repent you too will likewise perish he's not to blame many people want to blame Jesus he, he's not to blame he has warned you in fact he has raised up men even now in our time To warn you. I am warning you today. If you do not surrender to Jesus Christ in this short opportunity that you have in life to surrender to Jesus Christ, you may be forever shut out from the Kingdom of God in a right relationship with your Creator. The opportunity to surrender is short. It's a limited time offer, but He's made a loud and clear warning. He's warned us and He wants us to know that when time expires, when the clock stops, It's too late. It's too late. We go all the way back to the flood, to the ark of Noah in Genesis chapter 7. Genesis chapter 7, it says in verse 16 that the animals going in were male and female, every living thing, as God had commanded Noah. Here's what I want you to see in that verse the last statement. Then the Lord shut him in. Then the Lord shut him in. The Lord sealed Noah, his family, and all of those who God desired to save. And then he sealed the door of the ark. Now pay attention to this. Everyone who did not heed the warning who was on the outside, they perished. The whole world perished. Save Noah and his family and the animals that God desired to save. Please understand, there will be a day. When time expires, when it's too late, when only those who are sealed by the Holy Spirit are saved, all the others in their unbelief and their sin will be cast into hell as judgment for their wickedness upon this earth. There will be no extended opportunity. There is no purgatory. There is no reset button. There is no second chance. There will be no extended opportunities. Now, is the time of salvation. Just as the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. He says, "...in the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor." now is the day of salvation. If you have not surrendered to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month. Now, today is the day of salvation. You have been warned. You are being warned now that unless you repent, you too will likewise perish. This is the urgency with which Jesus is preaching here in a loud and a clear voice. Your time is short. My cross. What are you doing with that short segment of opportunity? Are you squandering it away in your unbelief, in your sin? Are you squandering it away in worldliness? If you squander it for too long, you will squander it away for all eternity. Please listen to me, people. You will squander it away for all eternity. There will be no extension to this offer. So the first thing that we need to learn from this passage, the first item that we need to see is the opportunity to surrender to Jesus. It's short. But as we read on in this text, I want you to see number two. That unless you surrender to Jesus, you can't see. Can't see what? We'll talk about that. You can't see anything spiritual. And we're going to see that these men prove this. But verse 33, the second part, it says this. The first part says, Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time. And then I go to the One who sent Me. We know He's going to the Father. And you will look for Me. But you will not find Me. And where I am, you cannot come. Verse 35, The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? Will he go where our people live scattered among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? Now understand what's going on here. These men can't see some things. And they can't see some things because they have not been born again. We know this. That unless you are born again, remember John chapter 3, verse 3, that unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You must first be born again. This is proof here that these men are not believers, that they're not born again, because they're thinking in literal human terms. Is he going to go talk to the Greeks? Where is He going to go that we can't find Him? We have resources everywhere. Does He not know who we are and how powerful we have become? He can't get away from us. Little did they know that Jesus was not talking about the temporal and the carnal. Jesus was talking about the eternal things. He's telling them some things. And I want you to pay attention to what He's telling them because they're applicable to you today as well. That unless you surrender to Jesus, you can't see. You can't see God or His heavenly kingdom. Matthew chapter 11 as we have already looked at John chapter 3 talking about that fact that you must be born again. Matthew chapter 11 verse 27 says this, all things have been committed to me by my Father. This is Jesus speaking. No one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son, watch this, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. It is the Son who reveals the Father. And until you surrender to the Son, you don't Know the path to the Father because Christ is the path to the Father. He mentions the Father. He says, The one who sent me. He is talking about God the Father and how he is consistent with what he has taught this whole time in John that he came not to do his own will, but the will of him who sent him. We know it's the Father's will that sent him, and he's doing the will of the Father. These men could not see the path to the Father because they had not surrendered. To Christ. He could not see the path that it is. It is still today a narrow path. A narrow path. In fact, Matthew chapter 7, the Lord teaches on this in verse 13. He says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. You know what the sad thing is about the broad road and the broad gate in our time? The enemy has done a pretty good job of putting a sign in front of the broad gate and the broad road that says, Heaven, enter here. And many people have believed it by the droves. But Jesus says you don't enter heaven by the wide gate on the broad road. That you enter through the narrow gate, which leads to the narrow road, and that road is Christ Himself. He himself said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. We live in a time where people think that, that whatever you believe, if, as long as you're sincere about it, it will ultimately lead you to heaven. No, that is why Jesus is preaching this urgent message here. He is the only way to the Father. You do not come to the Father unless you come to the Father through Christ revealing the Father to you you don't come to the Father unless you come through Christ. He is the way and He is the truth and He is the life. No man comes to the Father but by Him. He is the path to the Father. And unless you surrender to Christ, you are not on the path, nor do you see the path to the Father. These men missed it. Oh, is He going to go talk to the Greeks who are scattered abroad? Is He going to go talk to our people around the world? No, Jesus was saying, I'm going to the Father. And they could not see it. Why? The natural man, again, doesn't understand the things of the Spirit. Jesus spoke of spiritual things. They were naturally and carnally minded here. He was letting them know, because you haven't surrendered to Me, you can't come to the Father. Unless you surrender to Jesus, you can't see the path to the Father. I would encourage you today, surrender to Christ as your Lord and Savior and see the path to the Father. He is the only way to the Father to a right relationship with the Father, to reconciliation with the Father. You said reconciliation with the Father, why do I need to be reconciled? Because you are a sinner and you have offended a holy God. And you must be reconciled unto Him. And it's Christ who came to reconcile sinners to a holy God. Be reconciled this day. The path to the Father can't be seen. He referred to the One who sent me. He teaches on the narrow path that it is an exclusive path. It's a path only for those who believe. You say, well, how close-minded is that, Vary? You mean, preacher, that you're not going to include everyone in this? Absolutely not. Don't we live in a day and age where everyone feels like they should be included? I'm going to tell you this. Those who are included in a relationship with the Father God are only included because of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And you are not included in a relationship to Him without Christ. This is not an all-inclusive message. In fact, the Gospel is an exclusive message. It is an exclusive message. In fact, only those who believe will be saved. Only those who trust in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ as their only hope will have salvation in the end. And so we see that they were missing the path to the Father, but they were also because they couldn't see because they didn't surrender to Jesus. They were missing the provision of heaven. They didn't understand when Jesus said, where I go, they're like, where He goes? Who he's going to? Where he goes? What is this man talking about? Right? Because that's where they left it. What is he saying? Even you meaning? You're missing out on the provision of heaven. Where I go? Of course he was talking about heaven. He said you cannot come. Why? They were unbelievers. And unbelievers cannot come to heaven. They don't go to heaven. I know you've been to lots of funerals and everybody goes to heaven. That is not the truth. I don't care how nice your Aunt B was. If she did not come to faith in Christ and surrender to Him as Lord and Savior, she is perishing and will perish for all eternity in hell. So I can't believe you would say that about my Aunt B. I don't even know your Aunt B. But if she was still alive and I didn't know her, you know what I'd tell her? Aunt B, repent and turn to Christ before it is too late with a small window of opportunity. Aunt B, believe! Because unless you believe on Christ, you will never receive the provision of eternal life in heaven. He said, where I go? You can't come. He wasn't just being mean. He was letting them know this. You can't come because you don't surrender to Me. Well, at this time, they ought to be bowing at His feet the things that they have heard that Scripture confirms the things that they have seen, that Scripture confirms, these men should have been the first ones bowing at His feet and saying, Christ, the Messiah, the Chosen One, is here. Let us worship Him. No, instead they said, temple guard had Him arrested. Let's murder Him. Let's get rid of Him. That's the heart of an unbelieving sinner. wanted to destroy the light. Why? Because the light exposed their darkness. We've already learned this, haven't we? Unless you surrender to Jesus, you can't see. You can't see the path to the Father. You can't see the provision of heaven. Unbelief and sin are the broad road. And that broad road leads to destruction. broad road leads to eternal death and judgment in hell. I can't make the Scriptures say anything else. Unbelief and sin will keep sinners away from the provision of eternal life in heaven. In fact, John chapter 3, as I've already referenced it, verse 17. It says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Thank you, Lord, because I once was, as we will see. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. He said you can't come. You can't come because you're darkness. You're not light. You can't receive the provision of eternal life in heaven because that comes only for those Who believe, only those who believe, are moved from the category of condemned to the category of life eternal. Many, many will miss both a restored relationship with God and eternal provision in heaven from God because they failed to heed the warning to urgently surrender to Christ while there's still time. We've seen the opportunity to surrender to Jesus is short. We've seen that unless you surrender to Jesus, you can't see. You can't see God the Father or know Him. You can't see the eternal kingdom and eternal life that Jesus paid for those who trust in Him. Then I want you to see thirdly and finally, without surrendering to Jesus, your fate is sealed. Your fate is sealed. Verse 36. What did He mean when He said, you will look for Me, but you will not find Me? And where I am, you cannot come. What a statement. What a statement. Jesus looked these men in the eyes and said, you are going to look for Me But you won't find Me. And where I am, you cannot come. Their unbelief in their sin sealed their fate. He told them, you can't make it to heaven. Why? They had already rejected Christ in their heart. And if you reject Christ, I guarantee you this, there is no hope for heaven. It's not like God says, okay, enough sin And then He decides, I'm going to condemn you. Please know this. All of mankind, everyone in this room, you were condemned in the garden when Adam sinned. The curse of sin came upon all men. And the wrath of God is upon all unbelieving sinners. Why? Simply because you are a sinner, a descendant of Adam. However, at the cross... God says, with my blood, I will rescue those who believe in Christ. Those who believe in who I am and what I came to do. Those who believe in me, the condemnation will be lifted from their life. John chapter 3, verse 36, he said it like this, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life. For God's wrath remains on him. His wrath remains on them. The only hope you have is to trust Jesus Christ to rescue you from the justice of God and the wrath of God that awaits all unbelieving sinners. It's coming. I know. Uh, The liberals want to erase the coming judgment. You cannot erase the coming judgment. Without surrendering to Jesus Christ, your fate is sealed. It is as good as if you have already been judged. Because you have. You are condemned already. The wrath of God abides upon you. So that you can't blame God. You must blame your unbelief and your sin. Because it is your unbelief... And your sin that you will give an account for for all eternity. That is the responsibility of the sinner. To believe. And upon believing, when you believe, the condemnation is then lifted from upon you. Without surrendering to Christ, your only option is the fact that you will remain in unbelief and sin. He's the only way of salvation. You won't be saved any other way. Acts chapter 4 tells us there's no other name given under heaven whereby men must be saved. Acts 4.12, write it down. Remember that. When your friend tells you, well, there's other ways to heaven. No, there's not. There is no other name under heaven given to men whereby we must be saved. His name is Jesus. This is an urgent message that we preach. Why? Because Jesus is the only way and you have a small opportunity to surrender to Him. And if you miss that small opportunity and you don't surrender and you reject Him and stay in your unbelief and your sin, you will perish for all eternity. He's the only One who can free you from condemnation. The condemnation that is upon all men. Aren't you thankful that if you're in Christ, He has freed you from that condemnation? That Romans 8 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to He who is in Christ Jesus. Those of us who are in Christ, Christ, we have a hard time believing that, don't we, man? To even fathom that. There's no condemnation because we realize who we really are. He has shown us the depth of our depravity. And He has shown us His holiness. And He has shown us how the two are not compatible. But with Christ and His blood, He has cleansed us so that we are reconciled to a holy God. And then we look at what we once were. Sinners. Unbelievers. Deserving of condemnation. And we say, Lord, how could it be? And scripture says, don't ask how could it be. See that it is true. There is no condemnation to he who is in Christ Jesus and fall on your face and worship him because he is a good and a gracious God. If you remain in your sin and your unbelief, you will reap wrath and judgment and the judgment of God in hell forever, you will reap the wrath and judgment of God in hell. Well, I don't like that God. You don't like the biblical God. We've had this conversation before. We live in a time where people only want to focus on the love and the mushy aspects of God. Is God love? Absolutely. But is He also justice? Is He also indignation? Is He also judgment? Is He also wrath? Yes, He is. In fact, Revelation Chapter 21, verse 8, we see this. It says, But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. This is the second death. You will reap the wrath and judgment of God for your unbelief and your sin if you do not respond to this urgent message with faith, and believe in Jesus Christ. This is not a fairy tale. This is not something that I made up on my own. It's biblical. Back in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26 says this it says that if we deliberately keep on sinning, let me tell you the specific sin here was apostasy. These people were so called believers and they were abandoning the faith, which proves that they weren't true believers at all. He says if you keep on sinning after you have received the knowledge of the truth, notice that they just received the knowledge of the truth. Let me tell you, everyone under the sound of my voice today has received the knowledge of the truth. Unless you repent and turn to Jesus Christ, you will perish in hell for all eternity. There is the knowledge of the truth. Now that doesn't save you just hearing that. You must respond in faith for Jesus Christ, bowing down, forsaking your life, turning from your sin and turning to Him and Him alone for salvation identifying with His death, His burial, and resurrection, and knowing that you died with Him, you were buried with Him, and you rose to new life with Him as well. He says if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and the raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. What is he saying? That The sacrifice of Jesus Christ just ran out? No, he's saying that if you forfeit the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and you reject that, There is nothing else that will cleanse you and make you presentable before God. There is nothing else that will save you. All you have to look forward to... What did he say? I know we don't like to use the word fiery, but he said the only expectation that you have is the expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. You will reap the wrath and judgment of God in hell if you don't surrender to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This is quickly approaching. It is a quickly approaching reality. Whether Christ returns today, or you're taken from this earth today, or maybe you have ten years, or maybe you have ten months, or maybe you have ten minutes. I don't know. I'm not in control of those things. What I am in control of is warning the multitudes that unless you repent and turn to Christ in the small opportunity that you have, you will perish and you will be judged in a fiery lake of burning sulfur for all eternity. You say, well, that seems harsh. No, it doesn't. It's exactly what we deserve. We are condemned already because of sin. But see this. See His grace and His mercy at the cross that He came to this earth to rescue you and to save you and to cleanse you from your sin so that you don't have to endure hell for all eternity so that you can be forgiven and you can be reconciled to God and you can be saved this very day. No matter where you find yourself, know this. There will be a meeting with God. And that meeting is quickly approaching. Meeting is quickly approaching. Your life is but a vapor, it's a mist. It's here today, it's gone tomorrow. The psalmist again said it's a breath. And it's gone. Oh, don't be that person who is there with their fate sealed outside of the door let us in. Please, it's surely it's not too late. Please, let us in. Only to hear depart from me. I never knew you. Where I go, you cannot come. You don't know the one who sent me. Oh, you have heard. You have been warned. No one in this room can ever stand before God and say, God, I wasn't warned of the treacherous nature of hell. You've been warned. You will burn eternally for judgment because you are a sinner and you deserve that judgment. But thankfully, thankfully, grace is God giving us so much more than we could ever deserve. Grace is Christ coming to this earth and dying in this wretched sinner's place as my substitute. He bearing my sin and imputing his righteousness to me so that when I stand before God and any believer stands before God in Christ he will stand before God clothed in white raiment you will be clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ that you do not deserve you deserve hell and you deserve judgment and you deserve death you know that full well but for those of you who are in Christ who have repented of your sin and surrendered to Him, and heard the urgent plea to come to Him during this small opportunity called life, you will be forever saved. Welcomed into His presence. Never to be cast out from His presence. So what do we do with this? What do we do with a message entitled The Urgency of Surrender? To the unbeliever, I say this to you. Surrender. Surrender. Surrender to Christ today. Why? Because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. Surrender to Christ at this moment. Why? Because you're not guaranteed the next moment. Don't wait to the invitation. Get on your face before God now. Run to the altar. There where you're seated, bow. Cry out to Him, Lord, have mercy on my wretched soul. I am a sinner and I am in need of Christ as my Savior. Respond to Him urgently. Surrender to Him Now. Why? Because today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Do not be deceived. Galatians chapter 6 tells us God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. We've already seen that. He reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please the sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Oh, to the unbeliever, I say this to you. Don't reap destruction forever. Cry out to Jesus today for eternal life as He's drawing you right now and He's opening your eyes to see. Cry out to Him in desperation because you were in desperate need of Him to save you. To the believer, I say this to you. Rejoice. Rejoice this morning. Why? Because He has graciously allowed you to see and to believe. He has graciously allowed you to see and to believe. Oh, think about this. You don't have Jesus standing right in front of you as these men did. You can only trust and believe by faith. If you're a believer here today you ask faith in Christ and in Christ alone to save you, rejoice this morning because God allowed that to happen. Give Him praise for it. Thank Him that He spared you in that small opportunity that Jesus says is a short time. Thank you that in that short time, Lord, that you were able to get my attention and graciously save me. I owe it all to you. It is all because of your grace. And to the undecided, those of you who are just still trying to figure this out, I would say this to you: Time is ticking. Every second, you are closer to eternity. This is no game. This is no hoax. This is not folklore. This is the truth. Would you turn to Jesus Christ today urgently crying out to Him? You say, well, I'm undecided. Pray today, God, show me the truth. God, open my eyes. Let me see what's real and what's not. God, remove all of the deceit and all of the deception that I've had before me my whole life. Open my eyes to see. Cry out to God today to show you. who will be faithful to show many of you how true He is and to show you to His Son who will save you this very day. But don't act as if you have tomorrow. For as James says, you do not even know what tomorrow holds. Cry out to Jesus. See the urgency of surrendering by faith to Jesus Christ. And surrender to Him this day. Now is the day. Today is the day. Today is the day. Now is the appointed time for salvation. Would you believe and trust in Jesus Christ? I'm not talking about walking an aisle and joining a church. I'm not talking about going through a religious ritual. I'm talking about to see your true condition as a sinner separated from a holy God and to realize that the only way that you can have a relationship to your Creator restored is through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And cry out today, to Jesus to cover you and to wash you from all of your sin and to give you the life and the eternal life that only He can. Would you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to You. We thank You for the cross of Jesus Christ because it is in the cross Your death, Your burial, and Your resurrection that we find hope. And it is the only true hope that we will ever find in this life. And it is a hope that will carry us even into eternal life. Lord, we thank You that when we were alienated from You, those of us who were in Christ, we have now been restored because of You. Lord, I pray for the soul who's here today, who as they ponder eternity and they realize that they have nothing to look forward to but wrath and judgment, God, I pray that they would cry out, that they would scream out to You, Lord Jesus, For the mercy that you paid for them to receive today. That they would know that for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved as you are prompting them and as you are drawing them and as you are leading them, Lord, let them cry out to you to save them this very day. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Key Life Fellowship Pulpit Ministry Podcast. If you would like to talk with one of our pastors, please email us at info at keylifefellowship.org or call us at 281-689-1604. You can also visit our website at www.keylifefellowship.com. We hope and pray you have a blessed week. And remember, you are light in the darkness.